Today we're taking a break from our normal format to just kind of have a conversation about some of the weird stuff that we found online in terms of video games through our research for the podcast. So we're going to be talking about weird video games. Stick around and join us for our odd trip around Memory Card Lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 133rd, had to think about that for a second, episode of our video game history podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Each week, we'll tell you a story about one topic relevant to the current week in gaming history. It can be about a game, a console, a person, so on and so forth. While doing so, we hope to teach you something new about the topic, what it took from the world as its inspiration, or what it gave back to the world and its legacy. Today, it's not so much one coherent story. It's a whole bunch of little stories. So if you're here to like get some life-changing story about your favorite video game, it's gonna not be that. Today, we're gonna take a look at some weird video games, like the weirdest of the weird that I could find. And so we're going to have a little bit of fun with it today. Won't be your your typical history lesson. I'm David Casson, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, who is the weirdest guy I know. He's my brother, Rob Casson. Rob, why can't you just be like everyone else? Where is the fun in that, Dave? That's a good point can't be like another cog in the machine man you gotta gotta be free yeah you do have to be free what um what are you playing well dave this week has seen some rocket league some runescape some raft a little bit of factorio some oxygen not included uh and i believe that's it. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I played through Resident Evil Biohazard. Ooh, that's right. And? I th- think I played Factorio and Rocket League. And, oh, I played a little bit of Ark. I tried it for like 30 minutes. I tried it for like 30 minutes. That's what I'll say about that. <laughs> um... I already know how you feel, especially if you went on one of the official servers. Because oh my god, mm, that's about it, I think. Other than our idle game, the idle game indeed. The idle game indeed. Uh, yeah, today's gonna be a little bit different. We decided to take time off from the pressure of researching. And having to put together, you know, a history lesson. There's a lot of work that goes into that this week. So today is kind of all fluff. No filler, I guess is a good way to put it. That doesn't make it any less interesting. But today we're going to be talking about weird video games. And Rob, you inspired this episode. Uh, Yes, I sure did, Dave. 
I don't remember what we were talking about, but you brought up one specific game that made me cock my head sideways and go, what the fuck? And I put it down on the schedule and yeah, let's talk about Mr. Mosquito. Right. Oh, Dave. So this one was first released to the United States on March 13th, 2002. You played it. Oh, absolutely. I played the shit out of this. This is one of those games when I was in uh, going to the video store, which was a place he went to rent games back in the days. For those that don't know that, although I'm sure that there's no one listening who doesn't know that. But I went to the old family video and rented this many, many times. Uh, it was a really fun game for me. I don't know. It was just this weird thing. I thought it was a fun challenge. I don't think that I ever managed to beat it. Um, I played a lot of time in it though and i feel like i always died around the same areas but um so what's the premise premise? what's the premise the premise of this one is that you play as a mosquito named mr mosquito oh wow that color me surprised i know and you're taking up residence in the yamada household and it's the summertime and you know what that means for mosquitoes um they bite the hell out of people It sure does, Dave, because you got to survive the winter ahead. So feed now. Because in winter, you know, you just ain't going to have as much blood. People are going to be bundled up. So you're telling me there's an entire video game based on being a mosquito and sucking blood out of people. Absolutely, Dave. Um, Is that is that is that it? Like you just fly around their house and 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 suck them. I don't know if we want to phrase it like that, but, you know, each level is kind of like a puzzle where you have to figure out how to get them to expose the ideal spot without being noticed. Uh, So like a stealth game? In a sense, yeah, absolutely. Um, But it's not one where if you get seen, you automatically die. If you do get noticed, the game enters a battle mode. And you get to hit a number of pressure points on the person in order to get them to calm down. All right. I pulled up a walkthrough for this because I I I'm going to be honest. With you, I don't believe you. Um, Each level. God, these are words I never thought I would ever have to refer to in a video game. Each level has a it literally level. <laughs> I can't even get this out. The guide lists a suck spot and a suck strategy for every level. What is yes, this, sir? <laughs> oh my gosh! So I okay. So here's here we go. Level one. You're in the, the room, daughter. The daughter. The suck yep. spot is her inner thigh. And it says that the suck strategy is to turn on her radio or turn off her lights. She's initially laying in bed in one position. And when she gets up to deal with either one, she lays back down in a way that exposes her thigh. So that's the game, huh? Yep. Uh, I remember one room. You're in the living room and there's a damn air conditioner that always caused problems. I can't remember if that was the trick to get them to get up or not. Um, there was, you know, of course you had to have, it was, I think I forget the rating of this one, but there of course had to be the, the lady in the bathtub one too. Can't forget that one. That's probably why I rented it so much when I was younger. Let's be honest here. Oh, geez. (laughs) 
but I, it was just this weird, quirky game. I enjoyed the hell of it. I don't know what it was. I just got a kick out of it, kick out of flying around as a mosquito and sucking the blood out of people. Maybe it was just the uh, the chance to finally see what it's like to be one of those little fuckers and stick it to the man. Because God damn it, do those little shits love to bite me? I mean, there's 12 different levels here. Storeroom, kitchen, living room, this guy, that person. Uh, uh, you get tanks and you have to suck more blood subsequently in levels. It, uh, You know what? I, nothing ceases to amaze me. They made an entire video game about being a mosquito. So go them. Absolutely. And a great game it was. So I'll tell you, when you told me about this and I was like, oh, you know, I'm I tend to take pay attention to things you mentioned. And I was like, oh, OK, well, let's look at making that to an episode. Uh, I mean, that's all there really is about the game. So I got me thinking, you know, what other weird games are out there? Because I remember that we've talked about a few briefly in other episodes and I was like, oh, I'm going to bring those up later. So, for instance, we talked about this game, the next one. When we did our episode on the Nintendo 64 DD, that was that disc drive peripheral they made for the Nintendo 64. And one of the games, actually, this game never came out for the 64 DD. It was actually canceled, but originally it was going to be developed for the 64. And then they brought it over to the Dreamcast. And this game actually started out as a joke. That was inspired by a co-worker's project, the developer's co-worker, and his co-worker was developing a tropical fist simulator. And what that inspired him to make for the Dreamcast was a game called Seaman. And Seaman is basically a fish with a human face. And it's a virtual pet video game like a, I don't I don't know. Does your generation know what Tamagotchi is? I mean, I, yeah, I would say yes. I, I actually had several of them growing up and I actually still know someone who uses them now. What are the virtual pets of your generation? Did what's I mean, Tamagotchi was one of them, but I guess also you could say like Neopets. Oh, yeah. In a sense, that was more web based. Um, I mean, kind of. But. I feel that would be a good comparison to it. So this game, basically you use the Dreamcast controller and a microphone that came with it to give voice commands to your Seaman and keep it company. And essentially you start out with a Seaman egg and you just raise it from an egg to different stages. I mean, it's got, you know, it's like a tadpole at one point and you just work your way to where it's an actual fish. Um, and it was kind of unique. One of the things about the 64DD that we talked about in that episode was that they put a real-time clock into the DD. That was one of the first systems to ever have that. So this game plays in real time because that was kind of the thing everyone was doing back then, which means that you have to check in with your virtual pet, your seaman. <laughs> I want to say seaman every time. Good Lord. Uh, you have to check in with your seaman daily. <laughs> So this game is quite literally taking daily care of your pet seaman. Yes. So it is the video game equivalent of having a child because you kept your pet seaman. Yes. And it, and a seaman is a fish with a human head on it. Yep. That's it is perfect analogy here. Yep. The seaman talks back to you. It has an attitude. Makes sense. 
Yep. Uh, the game has a narrator actually that helps you along. In the United States, this game was actually narrated by Leonard Nimoy. Um, so I guess with like... a certain type of schizophrenia, that would be the case as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they started this on the 64DD, and can't it got canceled there with well the 64DD. Let's be honest, it wasn't around very long. And then it got brought over to Dreamcast and released in Japan in July of 99. Got brought over to the PlayStation 2 in November of 2001. They had actually planned on a PC version. That PC version was going to interact with various com- of like your computer programs. Do you remember when that was a thing? When they had like virtual assistants in your like taskbar? Yeah, would, you like, had that little paper clip or there was the... Uh... The gorilla who would sing uh, "Bicycle Built for Two. Uh, yeah, I about the gorilla. I think the caterpillar too. Um, yeah, no, I, I remember all of those. I think I was up the age when those were a thing that it was um, scantily clad women. I am not shocked. <laughs> um, that game actually got a sequel in 2007. There was a Japanese-only sequel called Seaman Two. And this in the sequel, though, you're more of a god like they, they took a step back. You can control the environment on top of interacting with the character. Um, you oversee a little small island. And this one has you're you're not overseeing like a fish. You're overseeing the Peking Peking man, which is like the early, early human, like before Neolithic man or whatever it is. I, I just butchered every which way what it is, but early human. Early human, you know. See, at first I thought that would be more like being a grandparent because you can, you know, affect everything from outside without it being directly affecting. But I don't know if that's a great correlation. The first game, though, definitely a game about being a parent. It was weird. I remember it. It was weird. And of course, I wanted to play every weird thing, but I never owned a. Oh, I didn't own a Dreamcast back then. Can't say I've never owned a Dreamcast. I've owned a Dreamcast in my life. But I did not own one back then, and I never had Seaman for my Dreamcast when I owned one. So, but Just for I, everything else in your young life, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, this actually inspired an Xbox game I had never heard of before going down this rabbit hole, and that Xbox game, Jap- Japanese game only, released in April two thousand three for the Xbox, was called Nude. N period U period D period E or natural ultimate digital experiment. And in nude, you're a tester for a new product, which in this game is a female humanoid called pass or personal assist secretary system. It's a female robot and a humanoid. And in the beginning, robot can't do too much. You have to actually teach it. So you use the communicator headset on the original Xbox to teach the robot language. And through that, you would teach it how to complete tasks and be a more useful robot. So, nude. Um, As if that doesn't have the connotation, you know? I I don't understand what you mean, Dave. What connotation is that? I, I, I don't know. No, I guess people. Well, I mean, the humanoid wasn't nude. In case you were wondering, um, it definitely was wearing clothes. Well, that's just misleading. But I tell you this: once you start down the weird video game rabbit hole, like it doesn't get much better. 
And uh, I mean, there have been weird video games since even earlier than any of this. I found a game from August of 95 by a company called Sensible Software. It was made for the Amiga, and it's called Sensible Train Spotting. Sounds fun. It's advertised as the world's first ever computerized train spotting simulator. I didn't know that was a thing. Well, I didn't either. So in case you're curious what that entails, you're at a train station. You have a checklist of train ID numbers on the bottom of your screen. And as trains go by, if it matches your list, you mark it off. That's it. Um, is that like training people for a job? Uh, you have to match so many trains uh, in so little time. Um, so there's that. And um, yeah, funny enough, the only little bit on Wikipedia about this game was the game was actually embroiled in a bit of controversy. Eight wow. years later, wow. I know, right? Eight years later in 2003, another company released a game called Train Tracking, which was nearly identical. They claimed that they had the world's first train tracking simulator. So one of the employees of Sensible Software took offense to this statement, bought Train Tracking, and made it freely downloadable on their website. Oh, damn. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Basically, and, and the point was, he was like daring them to to like claim copyright infringement or something like that, you know, because then they would have to bring up that it was derivative from, um, from their game from sensible train spotting. That's genius. I know I, it doesn't get any better from there. I, um, there's a 2001 arcade cabinet called Boonga Boonga, which basically translates to spank them. Oh, it is, the first arcade cabinet to sim- simulate Kancho, which is a Japanese prank in which the victim is poked with two fingers in the anus while distracted. Um, so basically you, you put your hands together like a gun, you know, like both your hands together, like you're aiming a gun, you know, your fingers are the barrel and your thumb is the, you know, yeah. and then you poke someone in the, in the butt. That's, that's actually, uh, the thousand years of death. Uh, Naruto reference. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. So the object of this game is to score points by spanking or performing concho. Basically, the arcade cabinet is a like plastic butt that's sticking out of the cabinet. There's a plastic finger attached to the machine for players to simulate the finger poking. It has eight characters you can punish. You can punish an ex-girlfriend, an ex-boyfriend, a gangster, a mother-in-law, a gold digger, a prostitute, a child molester, or a con artist. And on the screen, your chosen character appears and you get to watch their agony on the screen when you're doing this stuff. Um, I guess the game dispenses cards that rate players for their sexual behavior and players who perform exceptionally well on the machine, they get a small plastic trophy in the shape of a pile of poop. What the hell is this? Ah, Boonga boonga. 
Boonga. I think it's Boonga. I think I'm putting the emphasis wrong. Now, if this sounds interesting to you and you want to play it, I don't know what to tell you. There was an initial order for 200 of these cabinets, but in the end, only five of them were ever distributed throughout the world, which is all of Japan. So something else. I I don't I I don't know. I I I mean it's a pretty funny looking arcade cabinet. It literally is butt cheeks sticking out of the arcade cabinet and a plastic finger. It's very unique. Uh yeah, looking at it, it is definitely quite unique. Uh, so nothing like anything I've seen before. Hey, did you ever hear of a game called Muscle March? No, that one doesn't sound familiar. So this one, this one, like I said, once you start going down this rope rabbit hole, it, it never really stops. The premise behind Muscle March, which came out in May of 2009 for the Wii, was that you could control one of several different bodybuilders who are trying to catch a thief that has stolen your friend's tub of protein powder. Nice. And basically, basically, it's like a rail shooter where you're like following everything on a path. But at certain times you go crashing through a wall and you have to match the pose of the hole in the wall. Kind of like literally the game show hole in the wall with the Wii controllers. And so you, you match the pose, and you flex in that pose to continue going in the level to catch up to the person. Wow. It was That's... originally supposed I know it was originally it was originally an arcade game and then they turn it into a Wii game. It's weird. I'd say it's weird, but realistically, Japan kind of has a history of muscle-bound games. Um, have you ever heard of the Choaniki series? Not until you sent me a video of it. And what did you think? Um, I'm very confused why there is a Viking in a Speedo who can shoot lasers from his head as he flies through a town. <laughs> Um, that, that's, that's about what I gathered that that game was just, I, I couldn't keep up with it. It was so freaking weird. It's, it's, it's among the weirdest games out there. Now I've seen Cho and Niki for a while. It's, it's, it might be on Nikai, but in any case, it's a weird game. Originally came out for the super CD ROM, which was called the turbo graphics 16 here in the United States about 92. It's a side-scrolling shooter, but let me start with the plot. This is right from their wiki. The game's plot involves the heroes moving through various locations, space, urban environments, elaborate ruins, and fighting alien invaders while doing it. Bo Emperor Bill, uh, Bote Biru, a pun on Bota Bill, a shortened form of body build in Japan, Bo Emperor Bill, the man who achieved 10 consecutive victories in the Great Galaxy Bodybuilding Contest, faces an ever-decreasing supply of protein. So he unilaterally invades neighboring star systems to establish protein factories to replenish his supply. Feeling threatened, the Heaven Realm sends Idaten and Benten to vanquish Bo Emperor Bill. Thus, the sweaty hot battle between the Muscle Brothers and Builder's Army begins. Wow. That is quite the synopsis. This game is best known according to its 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 uh, uh, encyclopedia entry for its homoerotic overtones 
wacky humor, and vivid surreal imagery. Sounds about right with that. Yeah, That's I know. Just... It's a it's a bunch of muscle it's a bunch of muscly men. I know one of the scenes I remember is um let's so size growing shooter, right? Typically you have ships coming at you, but in this one, this one literally looks like someone took Photoshop and just made a game with shit they photoshopped. So like you said it was what, a Viking that was shooting this stuff? Yep. I remember a picture of a guy in black, a black speedo on his hands and knees in front of you shooting fireballs out of his mouth. Oh, that's what I remember. I, I don't remember that. I think the last boss is a gigantic muscle man and you work towards parts of his body. Like I'm pretty sure you have to just fire at his abs forever to kill him. It's so flipping bizarre um, yeah i'll say it's so so fucking bizarre even just from what i watched it was so freaking bizarre i just didn't have words for that game i i gave it as much of a shot as i could and then i had to back off because it was just like what in the hell do you remember any other weird games like off the top of your head is there any other weird video game that you're like hmm well, uh, there is one that I know uh, we have on here. Um, there's one that I played in college with my roommates. It was for PlayStation 4, I believe it was, uh, that we played it on. Uh, and that was I Am Bread. I've played I Am Bread. I Am Bread is a weird game. It, the, uh, the premise is... Uh, the title is true. Right. It's a very descriptive name for what it is. I mean, you are a piece of bread and your whole goal is to get to the plate. You want to be eaten or the toaster. You want to get to the toaster. Yeah, the point is you start somewhere in a level in a room and you have to get to the toaster. And the way you do that is every button on your controller like flips up a different piece of you. So like bottom left would be a button top left. Bottom left would be a button. Top left would be a button, you know, and so on and so forth. I have have my memories right, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. And four corners and that's how you control it. Four corners. And then you have to get across the room without touching the floor because the more you touch the floor or other things, the less edible you got. And you had to get to the toaster while maintaining as much edibility as possible. Right. Yep. That's exactly it. Which is not not the worst game, but just a really bizarre concept for a game. It reminds me of two, um, I think, I don't know if it was the same guy, but there's a game that's very similar called Cat Lateral Damage, which is just like, it's a first person view of a cat. And you, you your whole point is to knock things off and damage things. So cat things. Yeah, cat things. Seems fitting. Now, you know, on that topic about that same period, what I put a lot of hours into. What's that? Do you remember Katamari Damacy? That does not sound what familiar to me whatsoever. Oh, my God. So Katamari Damacy is the best way to describe it is you are a. You're the prince of the king of the cosmos. 
and the king wants you to grow or create planets or do something to get you point of the game is you start out with a ball and you have to roll things into like this ball you as you roll over them you collect them and the whole point is to roll the biggest ball that you can so you maybe start out really tiny and you're rolling like you know ants into a ball or like crumbs into a ball but you put enough of those together and then your ball can get blades of grass. You put up enough of those together and you can start getting like dominoes. You put enough of those together and then you can get the animals and you keep going until you're like rolling up skyscrapers, for instance, houses, gardens, towns, stuff like that. Um, but good Lord, that game is so cool. Cause like there's something about going from thumbtacks to mountains the whole point is to grow a ball large enough to become a star like its own planet um and you have to start out really tiny and work your way up there level by level by level level oh here uh story the game's plot concerns a prince on a mission to rebuild the stars constellations and moon which were inadvertently destroyed by his father the king of all cosmos so there you go what I remember most about Katamari is it has really cool music and it's really quirky and it sounds really dumb, but it's actually a really interesting. It's a really interesting game. They've made a couple of them too, haven't they? I have no idea. Um, I think they've. I think they've made. I think they've made a couple of them. You've really never heard of Katamari before. Nope. I feel like that's the kind of game that everyone's. I don't know. It's always been on my radar always 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 been on my radar can't say that i've ever heard of it dave it's it's a new one to me what about that that bird love story game do you remember that one bird love story yeah hetoful boyfriend or something like that the one with all the pigeons in it nope that one don't ring no bells either so that's like i i haven't played it but basically it's like a visual novel that i mean you know what a visual novel is um, but it's set in Earth, populated by birds, and in the game, you're the only human attending the bird school, like an elite school for birds, and you work at finding love among all the birds of the of the game. Okay. So it's basically, it's like a dating simulator. You know, for a while now, they made all those stupid dating simulators, the visual novels that were dating simulators, you know? Yeah. Um, but this one features birds pigeons and 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 other stuff the game story primarily takes place at the saint pigeon nations institute a bird only high school located in the fictional japanese town of little dove Hachiman city long after open warfare between humans and birds has ended <laughs> society has adjusted to the avian conquest though with minor bird related cultural changes for example, while some holidays such as Christmas and Tanabata are celebrated much as they are in the present day, a major event in the game is Legumentine's Day, amalgamation of the traditions of Valentine's Day and Setsuban. In a more grim case, the terms War Dove and Warhawk have been repurposed as labels for two opposing political factions divided over the ongoing mutual hostility between birds and and the human minority 
the altruistic Dove Party, who advocate for cooperation and peace between the two groups, and the militant Hawk Party, whose goal is to exterminate humanity altogether. That's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know how I feel about that. Beyond me, Dave. That one is something else. Do you remember Papers, Please? No. Papers, Please was really interesting. You're basically an immigration agent at a fictional border crossing, and people hand you their ID, and you have to determine whether or not it's a legitimate ID and let them through, or if it's a fake and they're like a spy for the other agent. And so the whole game, it's like a puzzle game where, where you're just like looking at all these at all these passports determining if they're real or not. And it sounds stupid, but it's actually kind of interesting. Um, Cause I kind of have a little bit of a story to it. And there's all these interesting, I mean, it's stupid ways that they're fake or real, like a typo or something like that, you know? Um, so you have to be real, like be real attentive to details. And like, it goes by days and they're like, hey, we want you to, you know, make sh- this these many people cross the border of the state to meet your you know, your objectives or stuff like that. Or I don't know. You've never heard of Papers, Please? Never. Man, I feel like I'm the only one who gets down the rabbit hole. What about Goat Simulator? Did you ever play Goat Simulator? Yeah. Least? Yeah, I played Goat Simulator for all of like five minutes because I, I just got a jetpacked like a, a rocket pack maybe goat and it it screamed at things and i kept crashing and i don't know i just it was, it was really freaking weird I, it's one of those ones you just you don't know if you haven't played it but it was really fucking weird so i looked this one up in anticipation for this conversation today and in development this game was described by its lead developer as an old school skating game except instead of being a skater you're a goat and instead of doing tricks you wreck stuff yeah, no, that that's a pretty good way of explaining that game. The idea followed after originally pitching the game as a variation of QWOP. Did you play that one? Nope. When it was popular, the one where you had like each each uh each QWO and P was a different limb and you had to like maneuver yourself with those limbs. Oh, I didn't know that's what that was called, but yeah, I do recall that actually. What do you call it? Co-op? Quop? Quap? I, I don't know. I, I'd assume Quap, but I, yeah, I don't know. So, that. it was originally supposed to be a game where the player would control the individual limbs of the goat separately with the keyboard keys, but this concept was rejected in favor of the more Tony Hawk's pro skater type of gameplay for the final game. Um, they focused on goats, goats after jokingly trying to convince his co-worker that goats could achieve viral attention on the internet in much the same way that cats do. Yeah. So basically, for those of you who don't know, Goat Simulator is. I, I don't even know how to put it. You're in an open world. You're a goat. You can jump, run, bash things. You can also lick objects. Licking them attaches the object to your tongue. And you can drag it and, and go around. You can also just turn on a ragdoll mode where the, you know, the game's physics takes over. And yeah, so you can jump up trampolines and launch the goat through the air. You can do tricks to earn points. And there's not much to the game, but there also is a lot to the game. I don't know. I've played it for a few hours. It's it's fun for a gimmick. Do you know they made a sequel, though? I did not know that. 
Yeah, so there's a sequel. It's called Goat Simulator 3. If you're wondering where 2 is, it doesn't exist. That's the joke. And uh, Goat Simulator 3 adds four-player co-op. Oh, okay. And it's like... I guess there's some way to make that game more interesting. Eight to ten times bigger of an open world, according to the advertisement. Wow. Yeah, man. I, um... I don't know. There's just so many freaking weird stuff out there. There's so many weird stuff out there. I do have one more for you, though. I do. I, I won't. I won't beat a, a, a dead. I won't beat a dead horse on on weird games. But I have one more for you. Let's hear it, Dave. Have you ever heard of the game or an anime called Punchline? Nope. Doesn't ring a bell. So the game is a visual novel adventure video game. It takes I mean, there's an anime television series of the same name. And basically. You take your your ghost and you were rejected out of your body and you have to you have to get back into your body. You basically haunt a house you solve puzzles while exploring your roommate's housemate's rooms. So you basically earn points by setting up pranks that will get you points. Like you can knock something off a shelf to, to scare them and stuff like that. And while this sounds like a very basic game, there's a catch and this catch is so bizarre and just let it put it out there. I did watch the first episode of this I did watch the first episode of this. So the ghost, Yuda, gets super excited if he sees exposed panties. Oh, nose starts bleeding? His nose starts bleeding, yes. Shocking. And if he sees, if he gets too excited, the power in his body summons a meteorite that wipes out the earth. Um, okay. So his excitement, and that's the joke of it, that, you know, obviously the nose bleeding is a common trope, right? Oh, absolutely. Very common. So this trope is that if he gets too excited, it brings on the apocalypse. Neat. I love it. And the thing of it is, is like, there are tricks you can do that expose panties but they give the most rewards. So it's like a high risk, high reward game. Um, it, it, it's so weird. Like it has other characters like orange squeeze and like superhero characters. And I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know, man. I don't even know. I don't know, Dave. I mean, but you gotta know, but I don't, you gotta know. But I just don't, so I can't. You could. I mean, potentially, yeah, but it's very unlikely possibility. Yeah, I know. I totally know. Um, I found a game for you while doing this, though. What'd you find for me, Dave? It's called Toilet Kids. Oh. Um, tell me about Toilet Kids. So it's an old PC engine game, which again, TurboGrafx-16. And it starts out with you being flushed on the toilet. It's a, a, 
a toilet humor filled game that starts out with um, like you get flushed down a toilet and then you start flying around on, on like this duck shaped toilet shooting poop at poop related objects. Nice. You have to fight off attacks of monkeys, spiders, flies and other animals that are flinging turds at you. Yeah, yep, that sounds like my kind of game. Doesn't it? It's, That's just incredible. It's so weird. It is absolutely weird. Um, but yeah, that's that's weird video games. I I mean, I'm sure there's other ones out there. I, I mean, I've thought about weird video games that I want to do episodes on, like Catherine, for instance. We've talked about Sneak King before. The I mean, that's got to be weird. A video game with the Burger King, um, with the Burger King character, you know. I mean, it, it's weird, but it was a for good reason. It was an advert. It was an advert for sure, one hundred percent an advert. So, I'm looking up weird video game lists and typing of the dead's on there. We've talked about typing of the dead before. Of course, it is. I'm not yeah, surprised. I, and I actually, that being said, um, David Lynch teaches typing. Oh, there you go. David Lynch teaches typing. Absolutely. David Lynch teaches typing. That yeah, was... that was a very freaking weird game. Undeniably. That is fantastic. Um, yeah, that's just that's all these weird video games. I feel like that one I played recently should be on the list. What well, was that? The one I thought was really gross. That was like, what the heck? Um, Scourge? Was it Scourge? I honestly don't know what you're referring to at the moment, so I couldn't tell you. Um, yeah, that's it. Granny Simulator? I'm looking up random crap on Steam. Granny Simulator? Watching Grass Grow in VR? <laughs> Shower with your dad simulator 2015. There you go. Oh, uh, that's a hard pass on that game. And all of them, the goal is to shower with the appropriate dad. There are three dad and son pairings that are possible. <laughs> what in the fuck? People make some weird shit, man. Oh yeah, my god. No denying that. Aviary Attorney. Bird Law. They turned Bird Law into a game. Wow. Um, I mean, well, I mean, that's not so surprising. They made a whole show about a, a Harvey Birdman law. The action Birdman. happens in 1848 in Paris, a city close to revolution. Your character is Monsieur Mansour, J.J. Falcon, a bird of prey. In this game, you are a bird that does not really have lawyering, lawyer, lawyering experience, but ends up collecting evidence, interviewing witnesses, and representing clients in front of a judge. Okay, that's something. Not quite sure what, but that is definitely something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we could be here all day looking at this stuff. Oh, there is no doubt. There is never going to be an end to the number of weird games. But, you know, we showcased a few and uh, just be kind of interesting to hear what other people have to say and what other weird games they've had to play, because I'm sure that there are many, 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 many weird games that we missed. And I believe that there's actually a way for people to tell us all about those weird game experiences they've had. Wouldn't you say, Dave? There is. 
Well, why don't you tell them about it? A place for them to tell us about those weird experiences? Yeah. Yeah, you guys can go on our website at www.memorycardlane.com. There is a link on our website to tell us your story, where you can email us or message us through the board. Um, There's also a link to our Discord if you want to join our Discord. But the point is, is that any of those three ways you can come and you can tell us about your experiences of weird video games. Maybe like me, you're a Katamari Damacy fan. And you like rolling balls of stuff around. Rob, you got to listen to the music, at least for Katamari Damacy. It's really quirky and fun. Um, I would suggest that. Or maybe you you want to play Punchline and look at sneaky panty shots, but with big risk. I don't I don't know. Whatever you want to do, we want to hear about it. So check out our website, www.memorycarlane.com. Also, on our website, you can find our show notes where I'll I'll have um, you know some of the notes for this. You can find a list of past episodes. So, for instance, you know, Sea Man, we ca- kind of talked about in our sixty-four DD episode. If you'd like to go back and check that out, feel free to check out that episode on our website. And there's a calendar that posts our upcoming websites. So, if you'd like to join us for one of our normal episodes. Um, next week is going to be a kind of it's going to be a great one to be honest with you Um, feel free to check out all of our websites where you can you can interact with us too so for instance if you hit up our next episode and you look at the game you're like man i love that game let me tell these guys what i think about it there is a chance that we will take that and we will read it because we want to hear from you guys and not just listen to... Uh, actually, I don't mind listening to myself talk, as you all know. So Yeah, no, you do not, Dave. <laughs> Anyways, check out our website, www.memorycarlane.com. Last thing is, you can find links to our social media. I can be found on various platforms, as David is wrong. And Rob, 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 where can people find you? Well, Dave... I am actually doing a rebranding of my Twitch and social media, so we are going to hold off for this week, and I will hopefully be ready next week to unveil the new name and the new identity. Okay, uh, this is the first time hearing of it, so I am also going to be eagerly, eagerly waiting, eagerly waiting. So I guess it'll be a surprise for me next week, too. Indeed it will, Dave. A man of mystery, you may say. A man of mystery. Well, Rob, this is usually the point in each episode where we go back and we talk about what we learned because on a normal episode, we like to teach people and learn new things. Did you learn anything today? I learned that there is a vast multitude to the number of weird games that I never would have imagined previously in my life, although it doesn't come as quite a shock being that there's no limit to the creativity of people and the uh, imaginative aspects of their creation. Um, I, I don't know any other way to word it. Um, people will never cease to amaze me. And these games that we talked about are a perfect example of not being able to seize amazing. So yeah, that's it for me. That's true. I learned that there's no end to how weird people can be. Every time I thought I found the end of the weird game rainbow, another weird game 
And now I have a anime to watch. I'm just kidding. I'm never going to watch that ever again. Ugh. Oh my god. I I um I sometimes worry that the research I do for stuff like this, like let's be honest, I researched a game where the whole draw is don't check out a girl's panties and another game where you have to sing your stick your fingers up someone's butt. I'm now on a list somewhere. I'm now on a list what, somewhere. What what kind of list would that be, Dave? I don't know. But if there's a list where those two demographics cross, I'm now on that list. Well, that's quite a list to be on, I think. It's just creepy. I, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's all in the sake of education. For yeah, the sake of education. I guess for the sake of education. We 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 taught you about some weird games existence existence today. So that that we did. All these weird video games that we had no other place to put. We just did a little bit of fluff for you today. This was just a relaxing romp down weird video game lane. That's what it was. And on that note, we have we have to get back to normal, which we will next week. And before I tell you about how we're going to do that, Rob, would you like to add anything to today's episode? Well, Dave, I do want to take a quick moment to say thank you for sticking around for this one. We know it got a little weird in there, but, uh, you know, it was definitely a fun ride. And we appreciate you taking that with us. And we appreciate those of you who have been listening, who just started listening, and those who will continue to start listening. We hope to hear from you. And we appreciate everything. Thank you. Thank you. And Dave, I'm forgetting something. Do you know what it is? No, what is it? Another thank you. Thank you. Well, on that note, I'm going to take it out of here. You know, today was kind of a disjointed mess of just looking at the weird weirdness of the weird that video games, video game as a whole have to offer. But normally on any given week, we tell you a story, a nice little tidy little package, coherent story about one of your favorite video games or consoles or technologies or people or just something, just a great story in itself. And next week, we're going to get back to that. So if this is your first episode, join us Join us for another episode. I promise you the rest of them aren't just so scattered messes. Um, but again, this week was a fluff for us. We just wanted to do something different, stick some things that we didn't really know where to put in there. And so here we are. But next week, we're actually going to take a look at God of War, which was originally released for the Sony PlayStation in 2005. And as part of its story, we're going to learn all about its development. We're going to learn about all the games and the movies that the creators were that that they that inspired them to create it. And we're also going to take some time to talk about the mythology that the God of War, the first one, is based on. So stick around and join us next week as we tell you its tale of vengeance on yet another trip down memory card lane. Do the thing. Doop, doo doop, 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 doop,